Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. But notice, verse 3, he said, Blessed is he who reads. And the idea is read out loud. Certainly, if you just read it to yourself, you're going to be blessed. But the idea here is read it out loud, like we're doing today. We're reading this letter out loud. Blessed is he who reads, and those who hear and keep those things which are written, for the time is near. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Truth in Christ Radio for today. There is a blessing connected to the book of Revelation. This book has been neglected in many churches, and because of this, many people miss this blessing. For example, some Anglican churches omit it altogether in its regular schedule of readings for both public worship and private devotions. This is a typical attitude towards the book of Revelation. Many people believe that only fanatics want to dig deep into this book. But really, it is a book for anyone who wants to be blessed. Now let's join Pastor Rob for today's message. Things into his hand. And let me read one more to you. This is awesome. John chapter 5 verse 20. It says, For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does. Isn't that what happened here? God gives the revelation of not only of his son, but he gives him the revelation of what is going to happen in the churches at that time, and also what's going to happen after these things. After these things. It begins in chapter 4. After these things. Meta tauta. After these things. For the Father loves the Son and has shown him all things that he himself does, and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom he will. And I love that. Doesn't that just encourage you? It's a message given from God to Jesus, to the angel, to John, and then finally to us. But are you? You know, it goes on in verse 1. He says, to give, to show his servants... The word here is doulos. It's a, it's a servant. It's a bond slave. Are you a servant of Jesus Christ? Are you a servant to him? Even though you may be serving somebody else, because we all have a job, right? You go in and you're, you're actually a servant to some company, some corporation. Maybe you're a servant to yourself because you own a business. But are you a servant of Jesus? Because you can be a servant somewhere else and yet be, be a servant of God. Hopefully you're being a servant wherever God has placed you. You can serve him in your workplace, 
You may not be able to mention his name for fear of death. And I say that with a tongue in cheek. But on your lunch hours, after work, and if somebody asks you point blank, hey, are you a Christian? You have the right to say yes, I am. Would you like to hear about it? Yeah, I would. But let's wait until lunch. I'll wait for our break. I'll tell you all about it. But are you a servant? Are you a doulos? Are you a bond servant of Jesus Christ? Notice, things which must shortly take place, as it says in verse 1. And really what this means is, obviously it's been a long time since this was written. But what this means is that, the idea is that once it begins, it will unravel quickly. Because we know that it hasn't happened for nearly 2,000 years where we've been waiting But the word here is, once it begins to happen, once these things begin to unravel, it's going to happen quickly. That's what it means. And he signified it by his angel. Signify is to make known something. And certainly the angel is going to show signs and symbols. And a lot of these things are defined for us in the Old Testament. A lot of these things Jesus defines for us. A lot of these things, the angel will define for us what these things are. Now, there are things in the book of Revelation, as we get into it, that are still a mystery to anybody. And anybody who thinks they've got a stone-cold stamp of understanding on it is not really telling the truth. Because there's mysteries that are written here. There are creatures that are described, demonic hordes that are coming upon the earth that defy description. Even John had to use similes. He had to use similes. He had to say, it's, and even describing Jesus, it's, it's like this. It's as this. It's, it's sort of like this. You get the language? A lot of similes. It's like this. Because language fails what John had seen, but he tried his very best and gave us enough. But notice verse 2, that he sent and he signified it by his angel to his servant John, who did what? Who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, to all things which he saw. He bore witness. The word is martyrio. It literally means to bear record, to testify of something. And here John is saying, I bore witness and I testify to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ. He's affirming that one that he's seen and heard or experienced something. And he knows that it is by divine revelation or inspiration. In fact, in John chapter 21, in John's gospel, in fact, the whole thing was written. Why? That you might believe that Jesus is the Christ and believing in him, you might have life through his name. Wasn't that the, the main verse of John's gospel? That really summed up the entire gospel. And did John accurately and testify of Jesus, who he was? Yes, in fact, that's why the gospel of John was written. It was very different from the others. That's why they call them the synoptic gospels, because they were all covered similar things. Hence the word synoptic. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they all carried the same kind of thing. But John says, oh, that's great, but I want to tell you who this is. This is the Son of God. He is God Almighty in the flesh. He is the Word become flesh. And that's what John says. So John certainly did. He bore witness to the Word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ. In fact, in John's Gospel, chapter 21, beginning in verse 24, he said, This is the disciple, John speaking of himself, who testifies of these things and wrote these things. The word testifies there is the exact same word as our word above, who bore witness. It means the same thing. It's the same exact Greek word. 
to testify, to bear witness. John says, I testified of these things, and I wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that could be written. That's what he says. He bore witness to the word of God, the Logos, the very expression of God. And we know in John's gospel, he spent a lot of time talking about the word, the Logos. In the beginning was the word, the Logos. And the Logos, the word, was with God. And the word, the Logos, was God. And then you're wondering, who is this word? Well, he tells you in verse 14, And the word, the Logos, became flesh and dwelt among us, none other than Jesus Christ. And I love at the very end of this book, John bore witness of the word of God to the testimony of Jesus Christ. And we don't have to guess either, because at the very end of the book, near the end, in Revelation chapter 19, verse 11, what does it say? Let me read it to you. Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called what? Faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire. Isn't that the the description that we're going to read next week as we get into verse 9 here in chapter 1? It's consistent, and it ought to be, because that's who he is. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. And here it is. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God, the Logos of God. He is the Word of God. John bore witness of him. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, which we have looked upon, which our own hands have handled concerning the Word of life. There are three that bear a record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. The Trinity, he was eyewitness to Jesus' transfiguration. Remember, Peter, James, and John on the Mount of Transfiguration, they see Jesus unveiled before them, transfigured in a figure that he was not previously. He revealed some of his glory, and they were in awe and wonder. They saw his clothes glistening and his hair. and I mean, they, maybe they saw this exact same thing. I don't know. But whatever it was, it caused them to fall flat on their face. And that's a rightful response to a holy God. You know, wouldn't it be awesome? I wonder what would happen. You know, we're no different than John the Apostle. We're no different than Paul. We're no different than Daniel. That when they saw a visitation of Jesus or even an angel of God, They were so undone by their glory and their magnificence. It was like an involuntary reaction. When you have an itch on your nose, what do you do? You do that. When they see Jesus, they fall flat on their face like as if dead. See, that is something that just, does that jazz you? (laughs) That really encourages my heart. And then he reaches down and he says, don't be afraid. You don't need to be afraid. You're one of mine now. You don't need to be afraid. See, that's, that's, who, we, that's who we serve. Love that. But notice, verse 3, he said, Blessed is he who reads. And the idea is read out loud. Certainly, if you just read it to yourself, you're going to be blessed. But the idea here is read it out loud, like we're doing today. We're reading this letter out loud. Blessed is he who reads. And those who hear... And keep those things which are written, for the time is near. 
You know, there have been people for a long time that have been saying concerning Jesus, oh, he's never going to come. These things aren't going to come. These things that are written in the book of Revelation, they're never going to come. That's just a bunch of nonsense. It's just a story. They've been saying this for 2,000 years, and it hasn't come to pass yet. Well, Peter said, he said, Beloved, in 2 Peter chapter 3, he said, I, I now write this to you, the second epistle, of which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, and, and the world is filled with them. The church is filled with scoffers. Why would you even want to come to church unless you really believe, but yet they like to come and harass you? Thank God we don't have too many here, because as soon as we find out who they are, we ask them to leave. Unless they're willing to come in and listen, and they're welcome. But if they're coming in here to divide, we're going to escort you outside. Because it's that important. They walk according to their own lusts and say, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Have you heard that excuse before? For this they willfully forget, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, by which the worlds that then existed perished, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Yeah, from our perspective, it may seem like a long time. From God's perspective, it's just like, what time is it? I just left. So it's a matter of perspective, isn't it? But blessed is he who reads. This is the only book that says that there's a blessing attached to reading it, to hearing it, and more importantly, to keep it. The idea of keeping is a little more meaningful than that. We'll get to that. But the word blessed is truly happy, extremely blessed, supremely blessed. That's really what the word means in the Greek. It's markarios. Are you supremely blessed? Are you blessed? I mean, let's just start over here. Are you, are, are you blessed? Are you blessed? You know, and if we were to all go throughout the room, why are you blessed? And let's start writing something down. I'm blessed because I, I know my name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I got a great wife. I got a great family. I got a great job. All my needs are met. And even when I got a cold, even when I've been labeled with some kind of sickness, I, I got great health care in this country. Think of the great things that we have. No other country like this in the world. Praise God. I'm not, I don't feel guilty about living here in America. I'm blessed. Too bad it wasn't bigger that everybody could come here. As long as they submitted to, you know, the authorities. <laughs> but if you want to come in here and set up a caliphate, eh, sorry about that. But if you come here, you, you, you abide by the rules of this country. We are blessed. And we have been given the charge, the wonderful blessing, the wonderful gift to share that truth. And you and I are more prepared and have the resources more than any other country in the world. Let it stir you. Think about it. And put feet on that. Remember the great resources that you have and give them. Don't hang on to them. Don't hoard them. And I'm not speaking of money necessarily because I'm not, you know, Joel Osteen. 
God doesn't need anything. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. The very paper the money is printed on came out of the ground. He's like, yeah, I made that. Big deal. Gold? (laughs) I'm going to pave the streets in heaven with it. It's going to be so pure, it's going to be clear. But blessed, blessed. How blessed are you? Blessed. Remember Jesus in the book of in the book of Matthew, chapter five, talked about the beatitudes. What did he say there? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Do you hunger and thirst after righteousness? I do. Do you want that? Do you want? Do you hunger at why? If you don't, why don't you? Why don't you hunger and thirst for righteousness? I can tell you why. Because your life can be so filled with so many other entertainments, books and music and TV shows that you watch that are totally erasing any good thing in your soul that God placed there. You have to make a decision today. Am I going to be blessed? Call myself blessed, but then go back to the same cesspool time after time? Or am I willing to say, you know what, enough's enough. I'm going to turn off that junk. I'm going to stop listening to that. I'm not going to look at those those little lusty novels at the Harlequin store. I'm not going to read that stuff anymore. It just creates images and issues. Do you know that... Never mind. I won't even go there. Blessed are the pure in heart. Are you pure pure in heart? Do you want to be pure in heart? There's something that you have to do. You have to refrain from those things. And as you do, every single moment that you continue to refrain, your heart is going to become a little more pure, a little more pure. That's something that you have to do. God gives you everything you need to do it, but you physically got to do it. I can say I'm a child of God, but if I don't put feet on it, if I don't do something, that's why Paul says, crucify those things and put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put it on. It's something you have to do. I have to do it. I can't just sit around and go, oh, God's going to do it for me. Well, God loves you, and he's given you everything, but he's not going to... You've got to get up off the couch. You've got to physically go do it. He's not going to force himself against you, but are you blessed? Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who persecute you for righteousness' sake. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you. But are you truly happy? Do you have a joy that the world cannot take away? That's what the idea of blessed is. It does include happiness. But happiness can be dictated by my bank account, by my health, by the people that I have around me that love me or lack thereof. I can define my own blessedness, but the blessedness of God is so much different. The joy of the Lord. Is the joy of the Lord your strength? His joy that he has for you? Does that bring joy to you? Is that your strength? The joy of the Lord is my strength. That means that his joy becomes my strength. What does he joy in? He joys in you. He joys in you and me. But as we look at this, we see that this is the first beatitude of the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation has beatitudes as well. Did you know that? And it's funny, there are seven of them. You're going to see an interesting pattern throughout the book of Revelation. There's a lot of sevens. Seven is a number of completion, a number of perfection. So many things talk about the number seven in it. And certainly there are seven beatitudes in the book of Revelation. Certainly this one. And and let me just uh, read them to you, and I'm going to mention a few of them. Revelation 14, verse 13, you can write that down. 
Revelation 14, 13. Let me read Revelation 16, verse 15 to you. What does it say? I love this, and I've only, I'm only going to share a couple, and I'll give you the references to the others. Revelation 16, 15. Behold, I am coming as a thief, and blessed, Markarios, is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. Revelation 19, verse 9. I love this one. Then he said to me, Write, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. That marriage supper that we're all believers are going to partake in after the rapture in glory with Jesus while the tribulation begins on the earth. Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. Revelation 20 verse 6, what does it say? Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power, but they shall be called priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. That's you and I, folks. We're going to rule and reign with Jesus for a thousand years. Revelation 22, verse 7, you can write that one down. Finally, Revelation 22, verse 14. Let me read this finally to you, and then we'll take communion together. Blessed, truly happy, are those who do his commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life. Remember the tree of life in the garden? That the Adam and Eve, they forfeited everything at, the, at that tree. God gave them everything. Stay away from that one, though. What does a child do? I can't have that one? Well, I better go lick it. I better go touch it. That's exactly what they did. It brought them down. But yet, In the kingdom of God, the tree of life will restore forevermore. Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. Do you want to go through the gates of of that city? Don't you love Jesus? Don't you love what he's done, what he's doing? And as we read, as we go through this, he's going to unravel the revelation of himself, his character. And yes, his character can be frightful, but the description of him is so beautiful. And yet the things that are coming upon the earth are going to be horrible for those who don't believe. But guess what? At the end of that, this physical earth, after the thousand-year reign of Christ, that's a thousand literal years that we will spend in his kingdom here on this earth, on this earth. But then it says it gets better then this earth and the heavens that currently are will be dissolved with fervent heat. And a new heavens and a new earth will be created in well and where dwells righteousness. That is the eternal state, folks. That's the ultimately where we're going to be. There's going to be no devil. There's going to be no sickness. There's going to be no crying. There's going to be no falling apart, you know, having to take pills to sustain your moods and your bodies. None of that. Forever and ever and ever. And it will never, ever end. And we will always be in awe of the one. A million years will go by and we will barely scratch the surface of his character and who he is. We'll never figure him out, but we'll always be in awe of him. Isn't that awesome?
I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Revelation. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcasts. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.